rather than being something bad or a negative thing, having the same situation where you're finding yourself overeating or binging coming up over and over again means that you found a pattern. And that's a really, really good thing. Because when you identify those patterns, they're showing you exactly where to start paying attention the place that's the perfect starting point to focus on with some of these simple techniques and that will end up making the biggest change as you ease back from relying on the food. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Wherever you are in the world, as you listen to this, it really is wonderful to have you here. In today's episode, we're going to start to unravel what to do once you become aware that eating might be about more than just the food itself, that overeating or binging or secret eating could be there for some other reason to meet a different sort of need. If you haven't listened already to episode 20, it's a great lead into what we're talking about today. So I encourage you to go back and have a listen to that one first, because I'm hoping that if the idea that overeating or binge eating is actually playing an important role for you, that the food is giving you something you need or want that you're not currently getting in your life, and that thing may have absolutely nothing to do with the food. If that idea has landed with you at all, then maybe you'll feel able to take a closer look at this food thing from a slightly different angle. After all, the simplest explanation for binging is eating large amounts, larger amounts than normal, in a short time, and feeling shame and regret or beating yourself up about it. And that feeling or those feelings of shame or regret, they're not lovely feelings, right? It usually makes us want to check out from everyone, even the people we love most, and to hide away from the world. And for sure, try not to remember or reflect on what's just been eaten, because that can just feel worse. But when whatever you've just eaten can show you something important, which will turn out to help you to find new ways to support yourself and feel a bit better, well, that has a slightly different feel to it. When you can move from saying to yourself, I can't believe what I just did. I'm a disaster dressed in human clothing. Or... I feel awful, but I just can't stop. Or something like, I'm not fit to go out into the world, even if I even had the energy to try to. You know, all of those not so delightful messages or thoughts that spin around in our heads after a binge. Well, 
when there's likely to be some other reason or want or need or desire that's important to you, but that you're not getting right now, and that's why the food is stepping in to help you out, then maybe you can think instead, I wonder what that binge or that overeating session was pointing to. What if there's something else going on? What if once I can understand more about why I'm turning to the food in the first place, then maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to find a different way to deal with it. It's interesting, isn't it? That subtle but oh so significant shift from shutting down and blocking out the eating and any memory or reflection on it to wondering what might be behind it. It opens that little bit of space for inquiry that's like a crack of light coming under a door with the promise that something else is on the other side. Something else is possible and there's something else waiting for you. So what's the best way to do that? Where do you start to look a bit more closely at the times when you felt compulsive and out of control around food and eaten in a way that you wish you hadn't? Well, it can take as little as just three to four minutes and it's oh so worth it. And here's how to do it. Jotting this stuff down is really helpful and also keeps a record of the patterns that regularly show up in your eating. Now, I'm not a massive journaler. I have oh so many brand new journals that have a few pages filled in with the best of intentions before they ground to a halt. So I prefer to keep brief notes on the notes app on my phone. Maybe you love writing and that luxurious feel of a new beautiful notebook and pen, but whether you love writing or not, Find whichever way to record this information works for you. Maybe even in some kind of secret code or shorthand in a diary or on a calendar if you want to. And I've for sure known people to do that. And these are the questions to begin to ask. The first is, what did I eat? How much? And when? Now, be gentle with yourself with this one, especially when it's been a full-on binge you might like to remind yourself that these notes are just for data purposes, or you might like to skip detailing the quantity of food completely. Like sometimes if I wrote out that I'd eaten a bag of cookies, a pint of ice cream, a 300 gram bar of chocolate, and some ice Belgian buns within 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it was, It just made me feel completely horrendous. But just writing cookies, ice cream, chocolate, ice buns, it took a little bit of the charge out of it while still keeping the core essence of the type of food I'd eaten. And to be honest, I knew how much I ate because I knew the packet sizes and I knew it was all gone. So for me and for some of the other people I work with, that type of overview is enough. So if you're willing to record the quantity or amount, knowing it's just data for you to compare down the track, then that's brilliant. And over time, it will give you this wonderful map of the ups and the downs and the roundabouts of your progress over time. And 
If you just want to record the types of food you ate, that's great too. And just make a note of the time of day the eating happens, because again, that also holds super valuable information, which will help you spot patterns and reflect on your next steps. The second question is, what was going on for me at the time? We've kind of covered this a bit in the last episode, but get really curious about how your day was or who you'd seen or any other specific events and what you were thinking about it all and how you were feeling. Or, and this is a really important consideration for binge eaters, notice whether there was any food restriction or that kind of diet thinking or getting overly hungry or restricted in some way. Like, the thought sort of, I really want it, but I'm not allowed it. Or I'm a bit hungry, but I have to wait till at least midday before I can eat lunch because that's kind of my inner rule. Or even something like that old chestnut phrase, I really shouldn't, but ah, go on then. Like, you're telling yourself you shouldn't eat something, but you're like, well, I'm not going to be able to hold out, go on then. And that can sometimes lead to a whole lot more, right? All those types of phrases point right towards restrictive thinking and diet rules that most of us have been exposed to and picking up for years and years knowing what was going on at that time or in the lead up to the time of binging or overeating is so valuable because so much of binging or feeling out of control around food happens when we feel a certain way or get into a certain energy state like feeling tense and anxious and scared or buzzing with stress or angry or irritated or resentful or at a different and lower energy state, feeling deflated and sad and lonely. And for sure, being overly hungry or feeling deprived in some way. And that's what we need to understand better to uncover a way through those types of feelings and emotions without automatically turning to food unless, obviously, restriction is the actual issue, in which case food and not feeling so hungry are the answer or can at least be part of the answer but that's exactly why it's worth noting down these answers it will give you absolutely golden information the third question is how does the fact that i ate those foods make sense for me This is another great question because it starts to untangle the role that food is playing in a way that creates understanding and empathy. If you ask that that question, you'll probably feel it settle a little bit in your body too. So examples might be, does the eating make sense because you've used food to feel better for so long that it's become a default go-to? Or it could be a long-standing habit or a way of coping when you feel bad. Just ask, how does the eating make sense for me and see what comes up? I have this amazing friend called Eva and she's one of the people I like talking to most out of pretty much anyone. And 
one of the many reasons is that whatever is going on for me, she kind of assumes it's all happening for a reason. It makes perfect sense and I'll find what I'm looking for in my own time. There are no rules or expectations, never ever a snide comment or backhanded compliment or a sniff of judgment or criticism or you should or you shouldn't advice or anything like that. With Eva, it's just okay to be me and she throws in quite a lot of humour and we laugh around it all too, whatever's going on for both of us. And it just works wonders to ease whatever's going on especially with the bonus (laughs) of endless coffee, which I love, love, love. I mean, how lucky am I to have a friend like that on my doorstep? But the reason I'm sharing that with you is that you may have people that you know you can talk to about anything and they're not going to jump in with advice or look shocked or whatever like many other people do. And it feels so good to have someone like that around And when you ask yourself this question, how does the fact that I ate those foods make sense? You're offering yourself that same gift of openness and compassion and understanding. So question four is then, what was the food giving me? What was I trying to feel? Was it something different? Or was I using food to try and solve something or to give me something else I needed or was longing for? I'm guessing the food was almost certainly an attempt to help you feel better in some way. It may have been to literally gnaw away an angry tension. That often happens with chewy or crunchy foods like toffee nuts or something like that something that can literally create an outlet for that physical tension that you hold in your jaw that can be released through the chewing action and it might have been that you needed to keep plowing through and keep going when you were tired And you really needed a break or a rest, but there wasn't the time or the opportunity to take one. Fatigue is also a massive trigger for cravings and eating more. So lack of sleep can be something the food is trying to make up for. Or it might be the fatigue of mental boredom at work or just feeling stuck or confused. Those things can be really, really tiring, can't they? Or maybe you're trying something new and stretching your comfort zone and feel exposed or out of your depth and are desperate to feel just that little bit more protected and nurtured and taken care of. And the food is being used as a way to create that sense of safety. I mean, you're probably looking in some way for the simple feeling of relief But the thing to dig into here is relief from what? Escape from what? If the food wasn't stepping in, what would you be left with to deal with? And the last question is the one that will really begin to make a difference. So play with this one and roll it around in your mind. This question is so very important because 
as you become aware of what you really need or what you were craving beyond the food, it can sometimes seem so far off that it's almost an unattainable dream. Like, I'd love to have less stress at work, but seriously, I can't just boot out my own boss. Or, yes, I want a deeper level of connection with a friend or a partner, But the thought of putting myself out there and risking talking to new people fills me with complete dread and horror. Or I'm eating because someone I loved to the moon has died and my heart is filled with grief and that is not going anywhere fast. And if I'm honest, I wouldn't want it to go away because It wouldn't make sense if I could just get over losing this person. Or something like, I'm a worrier. This is just how I've always been and it isn't going to just change because I want it to. Those are all significant things to be dealing with or that come up in people's lives. And to want to change or to feel better or to find a way through is completely natural and they're not going to change in an instant just because you've become more aware of them and of the role that food is playing in helping you with them. But that doesn't mean you're helpless or stuck because change, the type of change that is real and lasting and that is uniquely supportive for you and can be built into your everyday life, that change happens in small increments those tiny, easy little strategies or tricks or whispers that you can build into your everyday. And that's the kind of change we're looking for. Like I talked about back in episode 11, small one degree shifts add up over time and they make a significant and transformative difference. So the last question to ask is, What's one simple thing I might have done or could do moving forward that might, just might, help me get more of whatever it is that I'm really looking for? Think of this as an opportunity to experiment. If you find something that works, keep it. If you try it a few times and you don't like it, bin it off. You might come up with an experiment to, say, create 10 minutes of quiet time for yourself without work or podcasts or people taking up your headspace. (laughs) Do you recognise the voice of a full-on introvert in there? Because, yep, I definitely need that kind of time to myself. Or maybe it's to take five slow, deep breaths on the way home from work, where the exhale is longer than the inhale, to give your system a moment to calm down a little and reset or recalibrate. Or it could be to ask yourself the question, sweetheart, how are you feeling right now? Just that little moment of inquiry to check in with yourself. Or, and I love this one, to put your hand on your heart or your chest and to say the simple words, you're doing okay, it's okay, you're safe, I've got you. Or maybe it's to start practicing saying, thank you for asking, I just need to check my calendar before automatically saying yes to an invitation or a request. Or to ask the barista in your coffee shop how they're doing today. Or to plan a time to wrap yourself up in a warm blanket with a hot drink and a rom-com. Or 
to say to that little voice in your head that's criticizing you, hey there, I hear you, I know you're trying to help me, how about we try something different today? Just trying out and exploring small things you can do to get you a little closer to whatever it is that you're really looking for can start you on a path toward meeting your genuine and completely valid needs in a way that doesn't always rely on food and on eating. It gives you your power back, but in tiny steps that aren't too scary to take. And if the food does still help, then that's okay too. But just try your very best to look at it with gentle eyes and a gentle heart, with an understanding that there's for sure something else behind the eating that will be revealed to you when it's ready to be seen. Now, As you ask these questions, you may well find that the same situations or feelings come up over and over again. Like you always seem to eat a packet of biscuits in the car after a stressful day of work. Or when you're tired, two o'clock in the afternoon is donut time. Or that being around great uncle Bernard as he comments on your clothes and your body is so aggravating that the drive through takes the edge off. And <laughs> by the way, I did have a great Uncle Bernard and he was eccentric and totally wonderful. And that example is no way a reflection on him. <laughs> I feel like I have to like slip that caveat in there. But rather than being something bad or a negative thing, having the same situation where you're finding yourself overeating or binging coming up over and over again means that you found a pattern. And that's a really, really good thing. Because when you identify those patterns, they're showing you exactly where to start paying attention the place that's the perfect starting point to focus on with some of these simple techniques and that will end up making the biggest change as you ease back from relying on the food. And that sort of focal point is also incredibly helpful in reducing any feelings of overwhelm or a sense that this is a huge mountain to climb when it comes to changing your eating. Because by honing in on one very specific area, you've broken down your current goal to just one step and that almost gives your brain a rest and a bit of relief. So to wrap up, I invite you to play with and explore those questions and consider how food might be stepping in to try and meet a need that actually has nothing to do with what you're eating. Meeting some needs might be a bit more challenging than meeting others, but you'll always find a tiny step you can take towards supporting yourself, even in a micro moment. And of course, we'll go on to explore many of these situations in future episodes. But for now, you can just begin by noticing any patterns that are coming up for you and experimenting with different ways to start to inch towards whatever it is that you're really searching for. For lots more starting points and strategies to help you ease back from binge eating and overeating and generally any feeling of out of control or compulsiveness around food, go and check out my free guide, Eight Simple Strategies to Break the Binge Eating Cycle. 
You can find it in the show notes for this episode or at yoyofreedom.com forward slash 21. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.